have a story you're bursting to tell the world. Are you sick of being rejected by the publishing establishment? Do you want to inject a little punk rock DIY ethos into your indie author career? Join me, best-selling indie author Steph Green, for Rage Against the Manuscript, where we explore how to tell your story, find your readers, and build a badass author brand. For more info, check out our website at www.rageagainstthemanuscript.com. Hey writers, Steph here again, back for another week of the Rage Against the Manuscript podcast. Today, the topic that we're covering is, is blogging dead? Now, a few weeks ago, on a previous podcast episode, I made this grandiose statement that I felt like blogging was kind of a dead thing. So that's why when I was building my website, I wasn't really focused on building a blog or making it really easy to do blogging. And I had a few people come and contact me and said, are you sure blogging is dead? You know, is that really what you, you know, really want to plant your flag? Is that really the stance you're taking? And so I thought that this week I would dive a little bit deeper into the world of blogging and where it's come from and where it is now and why I think, why I think it's dead and why I think also it's okay to, you know, not think it's dead. So let's do the thing. Blogging has been around since probably the invention of the internet. And I think probably one of the earlier, you know, the earlier sort of really true blogging platforms was LiveJournal. And LiveJournal was really, you know, a place where you set up your own personal journal and you talked about things that really mattered to you. And it was a very kind of just for a small group of people and, and it was kind of the small community. There was a lot of like really terrible poetry on Life Journal and lots of like outfit photos and like music recommendations and fan fiction and it was it was that kind of place. It was actually really wonderful. I do remember definitely having a live journal back in the day, I think in my earlier years of university, and I think everyone that I used to flat with had a live journal as well. From LiveJournal, a lot of people started to kind of create blogs on their own websites. And, you know, it kind of depends on the things that you were interested in as to who were the first people who started doing this. You know, I used to read a lot of music blogs, and so I remember the bloggers who were some of the first people to sort of break out from writing album reviews on LiveJournal to kind of creating their own websites. People in the personal development will remember the, the really early people who started writing about personal development or, you know, online business or whatever on their own websites. Another thing I really loved uh, was the world of fashion blogging. And especially in like on the live journal. You know, it wasn't like Vogue magazine where there was these like highly, you know, invented shoots with, you know, like really fancy lighting and really high-end photographers and high-end fashion and stuff. It was just like normal people like me, like showing off their outfits. And I used to follow lots of like weird people with like slightly gothy tendencies because, you know, that's who I am. And those people started, you know, usually started on LiveJournal and they were sharing a lot of images via Flickr. Just remember the, the days of Flickr? And uh, then, you know, these people started building their own websites and I used to follow a lot of, a lot of fashion people uh, who had their own 
websites, sort of the earlier days of blogging, sort of from early 2000s onward, I think we would say. And yeah, so so the first blogs that were really on personal websites, you, you know, most people were using something like WordPress to create their blogs, and most people were still, you know, kind of stuck in that live journal way of being quite personal and talking about their own lives and posting images from their own lives, you know, their own what I wore today, you know, the, the art that they were creating. And, and it felt very, it was very conversational. So you would always be sharing things that your friends did or reposting their content. And there was lots and lots of conversations happening in the comment sections of blogs. This was a really cool place to hang out. And, you know, to kind of talk about things and continue the conversation. And you would often, you know, riff off of something that another blogger wrote and go and write about it on your blog. When I started my um, heavy metal blog in 2009, I think it was, yeah, 2009, I did a lot of this. You know, I had a lot of amazing conversations in the comments. Um, we had this little group of female metal bloggers who would all read each other's stuff and we would always be commenting and we'd always be riffing off of what each other wrote and talking about the albums that we liked and didn't like and it, it was super super cool and what happened over the years was that as people started to take these personal blogs that they created and kind of build these professional businesses out of them you know a lot of people were selling ebooks or selling products or you know doing advertising you know a lot of the fashion bloggers were getting like super professional because they were starting to get work as stylists or photographers or just sort of really early influencers the blogs became more professional looking they became more slick and the content sort of changed a little bit I think and blogs started to be kind of seen as the this way to sort of build authority and you know to talk about things that you felt like you knew a lot about and to kind of build this portfolio of work that you could kind of springboard off onto other things. And this was really when blogs for authors started to become a really important part of marketing. You know, this was just when self-publishing was getting started and everyone was saying, you know, if you're self-publishing, especially if you're doing non-fiction but for both, you know, you should be blogging about your experience, you know, you should be using your blog to grow your audience, you know, great for SEO, get the SEO to your website. We were all super big on SEO back then, we, we still are, but, uh, but in those days it was just about sort of flooding the market with all this like keyword content and just you know producing as much content as you could under a single topic to kind of draw in as much traffic as possible. What was happening was that while blogging was becoming more professional people were starting to turn to social media so Twitter and Facebook and later Instagram we were all starting to go onto these networks to kind of do all of our conversing what we were finding was that, you know, as a blogger, was that the conversation was moving away from happening on blogs to happening on social media. And what's happened now is that the way that we consume content is very different. So many users who are on the internet right now in 2020, they may have never actually owned a PC or a desktop computer. These are people who were browsing the internet on mobile. And so what they want is this really kind of tappable stories. 
In the good old days of blogging, you used to create your own news feed by using RSS. So this is where you would subscribe to blogs that you like, and then you go to your RSS feed and you get this curated list of articles from all the blogs that you followed. So any blog that released an article that day, you would get that article copied into your RSS feed. And so it was kind of like building your own newspaper every morning, and it, it was actually really awesome. I really loved it. Now what's happening because of social media is that we, we get our news feed curated for us through so like our Facebook news feed or our Twitter news feed. The idea that we have in our head about this is that it's this news feed that we've designed. So, you know, we, we get the news from people that we follow or from our friends. But what really is happening is that the algorithms are curating our news feeds for us. You know, they're serving us content, they're serving us ads that they think we're more likely to engage with, more likely to click on or to, to talk about. These algorithms are designed to maximize the advertising dollars of, you know, Facebook or Twitter or whatever platform that we're using. Now, the big thing that's happening here is that this, this curated news feed tends to mean that we've become less attached to the, the actual person that creates good content over and over again. So, so one individual blogger, we're much less likely to follow one individual content creator. But what we do often do is we're really attached to, to people or to sources who publish you know, lots of different great you know, sorts of great content. So who you know, show us this article we'll love and this article we'll love and this one that we'll love. And all those articles may be on different websites or different platforms. But we, we trust this person to kind of share great content with us. But we often do that more than we actually just like follow a blog. And also what's been happening is that a lot of bloggers have been kind of sucked up into blogging networks. So larger companies that produce, you know, a lot of content every single day under a number of different subjects, sort of under one heading. So something like Refinery29, ExoJane, you know, all these kind of platforms. Um, Mother Jones, there's so many of these kind of platforms. So, so we've got these sort of larger networks. People that follow these are much less likely to read every single post that that network produces, and so the networks are always, you know, working towards you know which post is going to get more hits, and, and you know, kind of swapping things around and changing things up, and you end up with better traffic, but sort of less overall loyalty to you know the the individual. Our expectations of content online now are very different than what they were a decade ago or two decades ago. There is a lot of discussion in journalism circles now about whether the article as we know it online is also a dead thing. So because now journalism is a process, it's this constantly updated stream of live information served up in real time. And so, you know, we have this, this static article, which has always been the way that we consumed journalism before. And a lot of people are starting to ask, is this the way that we should be serving news content? And that conversation, that discussion, and, and you know, the things that are coming out of that, the way that we consume content, you know, that impact goes much wider. And, and it's impacted in a big way 
this concept that we used to have of blogs as being a conversation, you know, where we would jump ideas off of different blogs and kind of discuss them. The thing about a conversation is that it's not really shareable in the same way that, say, a meme is shareable. So people won't read six different blog posts on six different websites in order to comprehend the argument or to, to understand the backstory. So social media really demands content that is going to soar on its own and that is going to be shared sort of without actually leaving social media itself. And a lot of social media feeds will favour posts that aren't sending the user away from the platform, which is why, you know, often images and memes and things like that on social media are more popular than anything that's got a link to an outside blog or something like that. Another, another, another factor about blogging and how it's changing is that blogging really thrived, I think, in the very early days of when we were starting to think about influencer culture. A lot of the earlier bloggers were our very first online influencers. And now, the problem is that blogs just don't really have the numbers that social media influencers do. Blogs used to get, and bloggers used to get, you know, all this incentive and all these sponsorships and all this cool stuff. And, you know, I remember a time when... Uh, New York Fashion Week was having bloggers in in the the front row, like these really kind of this kind of bloggers I was talking about, where they weren't wearing a lot of high end brands, but they just had these big followers just because they were kind of being really unique, and so they were getting tickets to the front row of fashion shows, and now that doesn't happen so much for bloggers, but it is definitely a social media thing. But with social media influencers, it's very easy to look at their profile and say, well, this is how many followers they've got. This is how many people like their posts. This is how many people you know, comment on their posts. Whereas with a blog, that information is not so front and center. You know, they can't look at your site and see this is how much traffic they get or these are the results I will get if I, you know, sponsor. So a lot of social media sponsorship has moved from blogs onto media influencers. And so even really popular bloggers will usually gain their sponsorship more from their social media followings than their actual blog. There's a really interesting article on Mother Jones that I think is really worth reading if you're interested in this idea of the evolution of blogging and where it's at now and whether it's dead or not. I'm going to link it in the show notes. But in this piece, um, the journalist Kevin Drum speaks a lot about single author blogs versus multi-author blogs, which we've talked up a, a little bit before. Basically, he's talking about how people don't read all of the content on the on these sites, on, on these larger blogging networks, just because there's too much of that content. It's designed to appeal to a wider audience for more traffic, and so less of it appeals to a single member of the audience. And he talks a lot about, about the nostalgia of, you know, wanting to go back to those days when, you know, we, we all followed largely sort of single author blogs, which were about one often a very esoteric thing, but they built up these big followings because you really just wanted to hear that one person's thoughts 
on all this different kind of stuff. As blogs started to get more and more professional back in the day, they, they really stopped promoting other blogs and other conversations as much, you know, because they wanted they wanted people to stay on the page. You know, they wanted you to instead of going off and, you know, reading more about the conversation, they wanted you to stay on their site and consume more of their content and maybe, you know, download their PDF ebook or, or whatever. And as blogs became more hostile to conversations, a lot of those conversations moved to social media. You know, what's weird about this is that it may seem strange, but what people really want to do on the internet is share things and talk about what they think about things. Another, another, another thing, this podcast is kind of a whole mishmash of ideas that I have and, and sort of random thoughts and observations that I've made in articles that I've read about blogging. So it's kind of just a big, like, giant list of stuff. So I'm a little bit sorry if it seems a little bit disjointed. But anyway, another thing that's happening in the industry is that it is things are evolving. Um, there is an article... Uh, that I'm also going to link below, it's from Koala Rank, which is a great name for a website, and it was looking at the search terms blogging, vlogging, and content marketing, and it shows how the, the, the first two, the blogging and, and vlogging, have really dropped off in recent years and kind of become synonymous with the same things, but that latter, um, the search for content marketing, is growing. And influencer marketing as a search term is also like really chugging along. And the thing about content marketing is that it really encompasses this number of techniques and factors. So not just blogging, but blogging is part of that. And I think we see this a lot now that blogging is really, it's sort of not a thing that's done on its own, but it's done as part of a wider content marketing strategy. And your content marketing strategy as an author is something that's really bespoke to you. So it's not just like a whole bunch of stuff that you you know you took it off on the list. It's who's my audience? What does my audience want? What do they want from me? You know, what questions do they have? Um, how how do they like to communicate? Um, you know, how do they want their questions answered? And then you figure those things out, and then you create your content marketing strategy around that. So for some people, that is still going to include blogging but it may include blogging you know not to the same scale as you might have done 10 years ago so you know 10 years ago I was publishing five blog posts a week and you know that was how my audience wanted to communicate now my audience is quite different and now I don't really blog anymore so I don't really blog uh, for my fiction audience um, I have really great ideas for doing that you know because I do this paranormal stuff I would you sort of love to write a blog where I talk about things like Ouija boards and tarot cards and um, share like my favorite spooky shops and talk about ghost stories and, and things like that. But I actually think that really what I want to do for those guys is just write more books. Another thing is that I would really, really love to meet another author, another paranormal author who I got on with so well, and the two of us could have, you know, this really cool podcast where we just, like, sat around for half an hour or an hour each week and talked about wedgie boards and ghost stories and things like that and recorded it, and I think our readers would really dig it. And that's something I may do in the future as part of a content marketing strategy for my fiction work. 
but I'm not including blogging because I think really for that, for my readership, for that market, it's not really something that they need in order to consume my books. And for nonfiction, which is, you know, you guys, sure, I'm doing a bit of blogging, but I'm really sort of doing a few articles a month, maybe, on the website. But I'm also doing this podcast. And I did a bit of YouTube stuff, but I kind of feel like, for me, it's just, it's quite a lot of work doing the editing and things like that. And I'm just not sure that I'm quite ready to kind of be in front of you guys with me wonky eyes all the time. So, yeah, so that's a thing. Okay, so the final word, is blogging dead? I sort of said yes it was. The truth is, of course it's not. There are still tons of blogs being created every single day. There are still tons of bloggers out there tap, tap, tap it away. Here's the thing, or actually here's like six things. First of all, Blogs are dead in the way that a lot of marketers promote them as a technique for finding readers. You will see this a lot if you read articles about how to market your fiction or how to promote your fiction for free, things like that, and they will always, always, always talk about blogging. Now, I, th I really think for fiction authors, you should certainly you know, look at different options and consider what you are interested in doing. But I think there are much faster ways to a reader's heart and to, you know, to get them to put down some money for one of your books than doing a blog. You may find that you will spend just as much time promoting your blog as you do promoting your fiction. Of course, for non-fiction authors, blogging is still a really kind of viable thing, but it may not be the most viable thing for you in terms of finding new readers. You'll probably find that that blogging alongside other things like in particular podcasting, podcast guesting, doing YouTube, doing social media, you're probably going to find that those things working in alongside a blog are going to be more effective than like just blogging and like just pumping out articles. If you love to blog, then you can find an audience. But I think the thing now is that you've got to remember that you are competing against these big blogging networks and this this issue that we've talked about about the news feed. So what I would be doing is focusing really hard on telling stories and on quality over quantity. You really don't have to be blogging every single day the way that we used to have to do. And you also don't need like a shit ton of traffic to create loyalty for your readers. But you do need to offer something that they can't get from those big blogging networks. And that is your unique voice. It's your stories. And it's the quality that you produce. So some authors are totally going to gain a loyal following through blogging by, like for instance, writing about or commenting on your genre. Um, some authors, usually like quite funny people, will just write about their lives, like funny stories about their lives. And, you know, as readers, if you enjoy that, you're probably going to enjoy their funny books. Um, some historical authors write about like the history things that relate to in their books and it's like really great sort of bonus content for readers. So there's lots of cool ideas about what you could do if you wanted to blog. I just wanted to add two things here and the first one is 
to remember that if you are a writer and you are writing about writing, you are going to attract other writers. And other writers tend to not buy the books of other writers unless those books are about writing. So if you're not writing about writing, don't write about writing. The second thing is to remember to make sure that you... And the second thing is to remember that if you are blogging, to make sure that you understand why you're blogging and who you're blogging for. So like I said, if you're an, an historical author and you know you, you have a blog which is all about kind of the history, the, the period that you write your books in, then that blog is really more of a treat for your readers, like a bonus for your readers, then it, it's probably going to be um, as a way of attracting a new audience. So that's one thing to keep in mind is to, to realize who your audience is and, and who you're blogging for and why you're blogging and make sure that that is front and center of, of any planning that you do. And, you know, when you're thinking about should I write 2,000 words of my new novel today or should I write a 2,000 word blog post? Totally up to you, but it depends on your plan as to what is a better use of your time. Which leads me on to my next point, which is that blogging needs to really build towards something, so such as converting those eyeballs on your blog into people who are on your newsletter. So as soon as someone clicks onto your blog and they, they finish reading your article, they're probably going to click away, and they're basically done with you. They're going back to Facebook to continue scrolling through their feed. But if you can get them onto your newsletter list, then they're going to be hanging around for a while. And they may not buy your first book, but they may read your newsletter freebie and they may continue to read your newsletter. They may go on to buy your books. So be focused on, you know, where you're bringing in traffic for your blog and how you can convert that traffic into leads, into potential readers. So that's what I'm going to say today about blogging and is it dead? My answer is, I know I said it was dead, and I kind of stand by that, but also it kind of isn't. It's totally up to you. I still read blogs, I still love blogs, I just, I definitely do not have conversations about blogs as much as I used to, and I am definitely more wedded to my Facebook feed than I am to individual bloggers. And I think that's true for most people and something to really keep in mind. As with any marketing advice that you receive, the advice to start blogging or to continue blogging or to blog in a certain way is always something that you should filter through the question of what are you trying to achieve and you know is this going to work for your audience because every audience is different. So ask yourself those two questions and if the answer is hell yes, then keep blogging away and prove me wrong. I've been Steph Green, this is the Rage Against the Manuscript podcast, blogging is dead, or is it? You decide. Happy writing.